Do you think the Miami Hurricanes offense will look any different when they take on North Carolina? You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, host of the Miami Hurricanes Radio Network post-game show and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's promo code locked on. Guys, we've had a uh, a very interesting bye week. Of course, you know, losing to Middle Tennessee is going to spice things up before the bye. Uh, you know, I think the bye week is happening at the right time. October 8th, 4 p.m. is when the Hurricanes will start conference play this year. ACC opener is going to be on that Saturday against North Carolina. And... Uh, I thought, what better time heading into the weekend? And it's a weekend where we can watch other games, like we can scout North Carolina this weekend. They're hosting Virginia Tech. Uh, there's a couple of really good matchups in the ACC with Wake Forest at Florida State and uh, and with Clemson hosting NC State. Uh, but obviously plenty of Kane stuff to talk about. So I wanted to take some questions. I wanted to do some Q&A today because we've gotten some great ones over the last several days. Uh, either on on Twitter, and you can tweet us at Locked On Canes. If you follow us at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back. And you can also send us comments, questions, complaints. We get a lot of those to our YouTube channel. So make sure you hit up our comments there as well. So I want to start uh, with this one from Julio. And this definitely ties in with this whole Van Dyke versus Gaddis, who's to blame theme that's been going around the Canes Twitter for the last several days. Julio says, I am so tired of the Tyler Van Dyke slander. This guy was elite with Lashley's offense. And now Josh Gaddis has set football back a hundred years. <laughs> Can you stop blaming TVD? He says, first of all, I love that line about Gaddis <laughs> setting football back a hundred years. <laughs> they weren't leather helmets again. <laughs> Is the forward pass legal yet? Um, okay, well, also just to add another wrinkle to that, because I don't think that this is even just as simple as strictly, you know, putting all the blame on the coordinator or putting all the blame on the quarterback. You guys know me. If you've been listening to the show the last several days, you know that I, I assign blame to multiple different areas for Tyler Van Dyke struggles. But also I'll add in something you didn't include there. And that's the wide receivers, right? Because Tyler Van Dyke goes from having record setters last year in Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley, losing both of them. And the first couple of weeks, he and Restrepo were connecting uh, on a ton of targets and a ton of completions. He loses Restrepo after the second game. Uh, Jacoby George debuts against Texas A&M and he gets hurt. Uh, so you haven't really had a chance to build that relationship. So, I mean, I would also add just Miami being so decimated and so thin at wide receiver compared to what they had last year, even what they had the first couple of weeks. I would say that makes a difference as well. But guys, I just I really think it's it's dumb to try and put 100 percent of the blame on anybody. 
I can agree that Josh Gaddis's play calling looks uh, from the passing game to vanilla, um, very conservative, very slow, uh, just uninspired. I can agree. I can agree that offensive philosophy definitely has something to do with Tyler Van Dyke's struggles. But I also see Tyler Van Dyke missing open receivers. Um, I see Tyler Van Dyke staring receivers down. Uh, I see his mechanics not looking as good as they did last year. His confidence not being what it was last year. Maybe you can blame the offense for that. But I, I also think that if you are truly a great quarterback, you've got to be able to somewhat adapt to a different style of play, right? Like, you know, you've, I believe that the coordinator can do a better job playing up to your quarterback strengths. And I also think the quarterback can do a better job adapting to a new offense. So uh, I don't think there's just an easy fix here. I, I think if, if anything, Van Dyke, um, this bye week, assuming he's the starter next week, and I don't know for sure that he will be, but it, just for argument's sake, let's say Tyler Van Dyke is still the starting quarterback of this team. I think the bye week is going to do him wonders because I know for a fact he's been using these last several days um, to kind of get back to some of the little things and focus on his mechanics a little bit more. Um, you know, and I'm sure that there's obviously some game planning going on for North Carolina, but you have a bye week, North Carolina doesn't. So Miami is not only using this extra time to advance, uh, prepare for UNC, but I think many different units, because again, quarterback was maybe not even your biggest problem against middle Tennessee. That was one of your many problems against the blue Raiders. So a lot of different players and a lot of different coaches are having to look in the mirror right now and find answers. And I think Tyler Van Dyke going back to the basics is part of that. But to answer your question, no, I can't stop blaming TVD because I think TVD deserves some of the blame to act as though Tyler Van Dyke is still perfect and everything and everyone else is the problem. I think is naive. Uh, he's not the entire problem. He's part of the problem. And I think an example of that is Tyler Van Dyke struggling in the same game against the same defense to hit the same receivers. And then Jake Garcia comes in and has a lot more success in that same environment. Um, I, I think that goes to show you that there definitely is some issue with Van Dyke. Okay. There's no question about it. Uh, oh, how about this? We get we get a question from a guy named Tyler, and I don't think it's Tyler Van Dyke unless he made a very poorly disguised burner where he forgot to change the first name. But somebody named Tyler says, give me the real scoop, Dono. Who's our quarterback? They've got to start Garcia next week, right? I I predict Tyler Van Dyke will start next week. I predict Tyler Van Dyke and and part of it I think is and even though like Van Dyke technically isn't their guy like it's not like they're he's the quarterback they recruited but he is the quarterback who did enough to keep his job in fall camp and in spring practice and you know he is the guy who you know had the most quarterbacking success last year and had a tremendous final six games of the season and I think in in their minds in the minds of the coaches they still see this as Tyler Van Dyke's team and Tyler Van Dyke's offense. And I think that they're probably going to give him enough benefit of the doubt to start him against North Carolina and hope he can snap out of his funk. They also have to do better putting him in position with 
just the play calling, right? I mean, we talked we talked earlier in the week about how much better Tyler Van Dyke is in non-condensed sets versus condensed sets. You need to spread things out for him. That's just how he thrives. I believe they need to do a better job playing up to his strengths. But um, it's I don't have any inside information on this. And you know why? Like to the person who asked, give me the real scoop. I have no scoop because since it's the bye week, nobody's talking this week. No media availability this week. Like they're still practicing, but they don't have to talk to the media. Coaches and players do not have to talk to the media this week because they don't have a game this week. So everything is silence in Coral Gables right now. So I don't know. I don't have a scoop. I don't know what's going on. I suspect Tyler Van Dyke will start, and then you still have Garcia in your back pocket. And to be honest, that might screw a little bit with Tyler Van Dyke mentally because I think he knows – Maybe he'll rise to the occasion. Like maybe competition will make him better. And I hope that's the case. But I do think Tyler Van Dyke knows if I play another half like I played against Middle Tennessee, they're going to yank me. They've done it before. They'll do it again. And if they yank me again, I'm probably not starting the next game. But it's just my hunch. You guys tell me if you disagree. Let me know at Locked on Canes on Twitter because I suspect – Tyler is going to be the starting quarterback against North Carolina. Whether he finishes the game, we will find out. But I suspect Tyler is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, We get this from Dan. Dan says, Jake Garcia is better in this system than TVD. Van Dyke is throwing behind receivers and staring them down. There's also a strange hitch in TVD's throwing motion that was not there last year. Let Jake have his chance, he says. He definitely has better timing with his receivers. Uh, You know, something that I think this is worth bringing up, and I say this as a Jake Garcia fan, okay? Um, You know, I follow recruiting, and Garcia coming up as a high school quarterback, I coveted Garcia, and I'm so glad Miami was able to land him. He was a higher-touted recruit than Tyler Van Dyke was. And also, you know, what what you say about Jake being better for this offense, this offense – you're not wrong about that. This is pretty similar to uh, to some of the offenses he ran in high school. Like this is uh, this is more familiar to him than it is to Tyler Van Dyke. So you're you're not wrong about that. Um, you know, I'm also open to the possibility that you know we know Jake has played far fewer snaps this year than Tyler. So we're judging him on a more limited sample size, judging him favorably because he's played well. Um, you know, he also he and the receivers they fed off the energy of the crowd when Jake came in and I said that earlier this week and then like I got a bunch of comments from Florida State fans like energy of the crowd there was no one there what do you mean energy there's no okay there weren't a lot of people there but for those who were at the stadium and I know only like 30,000 of you were but for those of you who are at the stadium you know what I'm talking about like that that crap for as few people as there may have been that crowd actually got electric when Jake came on. And so, you know, I'm wondering how much of that was adrenaline, how much of that is like defenses don't have a lot uh, of, uh, you know, don't have a lot of tape. They don't have a whole lot to know about uh, Garcia's tendencies. But, you know, to your point, I I agree. Jake has looked better in the context of this offense than Tyler Van Dyke has. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, Miami's answers, what they can do with their offensive play calling, how they can tweak it. Some of you want really drastic changes to happen like right now, right? Like you want a complete reversal of offensive philosophy. Okay. 
Uh, and I also, I want to talk a little bit about recruiting because, you know, Miami has lost out on a couple of targets this week. They have, and I'm, I'm not running from that. And I think we all suspect what might have to do with Miami losing out on some of their targets. So yeah, we're going to get to that and more stick around here on locked on canes guys. This episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy. It is the easiest place to spice up college football season. Guys, it's so easy to get started, and then you play while you're watching your favorite team play. Now, of course, Miami is off this week, but there's plenty of action to be had. Uh, Go to the Underdog website or Underdog uh, mobile app, create an account, and then look at the pick'em choices for your team and uh, and your rivals each week. So, in you know, when you go on there, you go to the pick'em section, and you can pick higher, lower over-unders based on stat projections for certain players. I'll show you what's on my pick'em slip for this week, guys, okay? What I am looking at this week at Underdog Fantasy, and there's some really good games in the ACC. I hate to say this because it's a Florida State player, but I actually like Jordan Travis to go higher than 260 and a half passing yards against Wake Forest. I think that game's going to be a shootout. I would love to take Sam Hartman's higher as well because he he lit it up last week. But his higher, it's uh, his higher lower is uh, three hundred ten and a half yards. That that just that's such a high number. I'm probably just gonna sit that one out with Hartman. But I like Jordan Travis higher than two sixty and a half uh, in the North Carolina Virginia Tech game. I absolutely love Drake May higher than two hundred sixty five and a half passing yards. He's thrown for over three hundred yards in every game so far. Uh, I will take Grant Wells, uh, the Virginia Tech quarterback, under 220 and a half passing yards. I know UNC secondary has struggled, but Grant Wells has really struggled. So I like Jordan Travis higher, Drake May higher, and Grant Wells lower. That is what I'm looking at on my pick'em slip this week on Underdog Fantasy. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team and decide if they will finish higher or lower. Sign up with our promo code Locked On. That's all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Deposit 100 bucks, get 100 bucks free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcast and available free on YouTube on this mailbag episode. And by the way, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for sending me the questions and comments. Um, and everybody is talking about offensive play calling, offensive coordinators. A lot of you out there are being pretty slick about how you're sending recommendations to Georgia Tech. You know, they got a head coaching vacancy. And a lot of you are, are you're recommending Josh Gaddis for the Georgia Tech head coaching job. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. We'll see. Uh, but Ryan asks us, at what point do you pull play calling duties from Gaddis and let Frank Ponce take over the play calling? Because he runs a similar offense to what Rhett Lashley ran and TVD excelled in. Yeah, when 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 uh, Frank Ponce was the offensive coordinator and play caller for Appalachian State, um, they definitely ran a more similar offense to what Miami was running last year. Um I think it would have to get pretty bad to do that. Because first of all, this is something people don't talk a lot about. Love it or hate it, the offensive philosophy that Miami is trying to establish is the offensive philosophy that Mario Cristobal believes in. I, and I think Cristobal thought 
Josh Gaddis is a really good choice to run this offense that I think is best for the type of personnel I want to bring to the U. couple problems there. You don't necessarily have the right personnel to run that offense, as we are seeing. And then the other problem is, just because the philosophy might match up, I still don't think Josh Gaddis is doing a good enough job because there's really no rhythm to his play calling. And again, as we've said a thousand times, he's not putting the formations on the field that are going to give his quarterback the most success. So I think you can do a better job even within your own offense. Um, you know, obviously I know that they like Ponce a lot and I, I believe in Frank Ponce as a quarterback's coach. And I say that even though your starting quarterback has been struggling. Um, but I, I just, I'm not so sure about that because again, like the type of, of offense that Ponce used to run is not necessarily the type of philosophy Cristobal wants. Um, but listen, I'm open to any possibility, right? That if, you know, so right now Miami's got two losses, one of them a really ugly loss, uh, but your entire conference schedule is still in front of you. But if Miami starts really struggling in conference play, which is all we have left, then listen, I'm, I wouldn't rule out anything. Like, could it get so ugly that, uh, that they decide to switch play calling duties from one person internally to another? Uh, I wouldn't rule anything out. Uh, so it's an interesting question, but you know, I, I think people need to remember that uh, that the the philosophy of Gaddis is similar to Cristobal's philosophy. Just I don't think Gaddis is doing a good enough job, uh, you know, employing that philosophy. If that makes sense. All right. So this is uh, this is one I really wanted to get to. James asks us, did that Middle Tennessee loss cost us Tyler Williams in recruiting? And will we lose Samson Okunlola too? Um, I'm not going to compare those two situations. Now, I don't think he ever actually said anything to this effect. Uh, but I can't imagine losing to Middle Tennessee three days before Tyler Williams announced. I can't imagine that helped Miami. Okay. Now, reports that I heard, Gabby Urudia from 24-7 talked about this. You know, Tyler Williams was actually in town for that debacle. <laughs> he was at the stadium for that. Uh, for that loss to MTSU, but then um, he he didn't badmouth Miami. He still had nice things to say about Miami after that visit, even despite that just horrific dis display on the field. Um, you know, did lose if Miami had like dominated MTSU like they should have, maybe that could have helped their cause. Let's not forget that Georgia was considered the favorite regardless. You know, I had some hope that Williams four-star receiver out of Lakeland. I had some hope that he would pick Miami over Georgia. Miami had gained some momentum, but Georgia was still considered the favorite. So I don't think we'll ever know how much effect that that actually had. I can guarantee you it didn't help. I just don't know how much it hurt because even if Miami had taken care of business and dominated, he might have chosen Georgia anyway. Um, as far as Okunlola, you know, the five-star offensive tackle from Thayer Academy in Massachusetts, he, he doesn't talk a lot. He keeps everything close to the vest. He's hard to get a read on. Miami is still, they have been all along, well, all along being since July. You know, since July, Miami's been considered the big favorite for Okunlola. So it, it's just different because Miami wasn't the favorite for Tyler Williams. They have been for a few months the favorite for Okunlola. Um, we don't know exactly when he's going to announce, though. He may not announce until the end of, uh, of the high school season. So maybe sometime in November or he might wait till signing day in December. 
Um, so, you know, hopefully Miami is still in the lead there. We haven't heard otherwise. Okay. Uh, here's, by the way, when we talk about the middle Tennessee loss, it's definitely influencing certain recruits though. Cause here's, here's something, uh, per 24 seven that four star Dillard running back, Christopher Johnson has said about Miami and Miami has been considered a favorite for him. I think it's between Miami and Ole Miss for him. Uh, Johnson said, quote, I wasn't at the game and didn't watch it, but of course I know Miami lost, he said. And that does affect how I view Miami. Yeah, a little bit, he said. I was thinking Coach Cristobal would change things around right away, but nothing really has changed yet. Um, he says, win. That's what I need to see from Miami now, Johnson said. So I don't know. Like Some some Canes fans are turned off by Johnson that they're like, oh, bro, you either want to be you either want to be one of us. Don't be a front runner like you want to be here no matter what's happening on the field. Like, I don't know. Cl clearly, it seems to be important to Christopher Johnson, like to see immediate success. And so, you know, if if that means he's not going to commit to Miami, then so be it. Or maybe if the Canes go out and win their next couple of games, he comes back around. I yeah, but that's that quote just illustrates the fact that, yeah, that performance does affect the way certain recruits are viewing Miami. There's definitely something interesting brewing, though, at receiver recruiting. Six foot five wide receiver Malachi Coleman. He announced on his social media he's going to be visiting Miami next weekend. This is an interesting one. So Malachi Coleman, uh, I love his size and speed. He's a four-star out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, six foot five, about 205, 210 pounds. Um, he has long been considered kind of a Nebraska lock, but that was before they fired Scott Frost. So he's considered back in play now, right? Because that was like a big Scott Frost guy. And since he was fired, he's back in play. This guy, uh, you talk about speed for six foot five, he runs the 100 meter in 10.46 seconds. So that would be an extremely interesting get uh, if Miami can get Malachi because it's I don't know I, I saw somebody on a message board describe him as a a poor man's Hakeem Williams like I, I mean let, let's it, the guy's not chopped liver I mean okay Hakeem's a five star Malachi is a four star that's that's not much of a drop off okay so I, I think that may be what's going on right now uh, in recruiting. Um, oh, this is a great question. I want to get to this on the other side. A great question by Dan, who you make me think too much, Dan. Plus, I want to give you guys some props and odds for this weekend in the ACC, courtesy of Bet Online. But let's talk about if Miami can only fix one thing before the North Carolina game, what's that one thing you would want to fix? Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we got a great question from Dan. Uh, he says, if you could only fix one of these before the North Carolina game, would you fix Miami's pass coverage or Miami's passing offense? Why are you making me pick one, Dan? What, what if I say I want to fix Miami's rushing offense? How about that? Because... The running game was looking pretty sweet the first three games. And then, uh, you know, they had some injuries in the Middle Tennessee game and the offensive line just never woke up in the Middle Tennessee game. Um, so, I mean, but if I want to answer your question, okay, that's a really tough one because your passing defense got absolutely cooked against Middle Tennessee. 
you gave up more than 408 yards. And now you're going to be going up against a similar air raid offense, but with better players running it. Oh, man. Oh, that's so tough. Because also, like, I feel like North Carolina is going to score points regardless. So you need to keep up with them and you need to be able to throw. But now I'm going to say, um, if I can only fix one of those, I'm going to say I need to fix Miami's pass coverage, right? And that just means, you know, DJ Ivy just has to be better. Like if we could see the version of Ivy that played against Texas A&M every week, we're better off. But I also thought the scheme was wrong because you need to you need to zone. They were manning up too much. You need to you need to run more zone. You need to drop eight guys into coverage and give these players some help. Don't keep DJ on an island. So yeah, I'm gonna say in a game where if your pass coverage is as bad as it was against Middle Tennessee, where you gave up uh, you know, 45 total, but the defense gave up 38 points. If you play like that, you're gonna give up 60 to North Carolina. And then it's like, it's probably not even going to matter how your passing offense plays if you give up. So if I have to pick one, and I hate you for making me choose one, I'm going to say you've got to fix the, I'm going to say you've got to fix the uh, the passing defense. And then I've got to hope that the running game gets better. So if Miami can stop North Carolina's offense a little bit and run the football, you know, slow the game down, muck it up a little bit, then I, I'm going to go with that. Uh, guys, I want to take a look at some of the odds for this weekend in the Atlantic Coast Conference, courtesy of Bet Online. And let me remind you guys out there that Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, again, Miami's off this weekend. We can, we can kick our feet up and watch some other teams in the ACC this week. Guys, I think there's a handful of home teams that are favored by too much this weekend okay now i think the money that's coming in kind of agrees with me because uh earlier this week we had florida state 23rd ranked team in the country hosting 22nd ranked wake forest we had florida state favored by a full touchdown that line has shrunk a little bit now to six and a half i think we're getting closer um if i was gonna bet florida state to cover in this game I don't think I'd be comfortable with more than about a four and a half, five point spread. I'm, I wasn't comfortable with seven. I wasn't comfortable with six and a half. And to the Florida State fans out there, I'm not dogging your team. Florida State's been really good. They've been surprisingly dependable this year off to a nice four and zero start. I mean, it's, it's going to get tough because the Atlantic division is pretty loaded this year. So I think Florida State can win this game. I think Florida State can beat Wake Forest at home, even though Sam Hartman looks to have found his group. I just don't know if I'm confident in Florida State winning this game by seven or more points. You know, with the way that Hartman's been playing, he's going to test Florida State's secondary. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I think it's going to be a three- or four-point game in either direction. So I'm going to take Wake Forest plus six-and-a-half in that one. Uh, and, you know, the over-under 64.5, that's a really big number, so I don't think I would play it. But if I was going to play it, I'd probably lean to the over because, again, I'm, I'm thinking shootout this week between Florida State and Wake Forest. You know, North Carolina, I'm going to be watching them very closely because that's Miami's next opponent coming up. Uh, they've got to host Virginia Tech before they travel to Miami. Uh, Virginia Tech is bad. Grant Wells, their quarterback, has really struggled. Um, you know, they're going up against a really bad North Carolina defense. So we'll see if Virginia Tech can do some scoring. But North Carolina, no doubt they're the better team here. But they're favored by nine points at home 
in a divisional game. I like Virginia Tech to keep that probably around a touchdown. I, I think nine points for North Carolina at home is a little bit too much. And I feel the same way about number five Clemson hosting number 10 NC State. The Clemson Tigers are a full touchdown favorite, seven points against the Wolfpack. Um, you know, Devin Leary, he's not been as prolific as he was last season, but he's taken care of the football really well. Nine touchdown passes to just two interceptions. At the same time, DJ Wiyungalele is he's playing lights out now. You know, a few weeks ago, I didn't even think he would make it through the season as their starter. He's looking really good now. You know, they they won a, an overtime shootout thriller against Wake Forest last week. So I think Clemson is probably the right side here to win this game at home. But North Carolina State's defense is awesome, uh, and they're getting seven points. So I I think Clemson is a seven point home favorite is a little bit too much, guys. So. Those are some of the key numbers out there, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. And guys, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canes a part of your day today. Hope everyone has an awesome Friday. I think we're going to do another episode today, by the way. I think we're going to do another episode later today. We're going to catch up with our friend John Garcia Jr., Director of Football Recruiting from Sports Illustrated. And we're going to talk about some of Miami's recent misses in recruiting and the plan B's because, you know, the Hurricanes, obviously, they've, they've got a really nice class, very nice class of verbal commits, and they are trying to add to that. So keep it locked right here. And, guys, make sure you make Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked on ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We'll talk to you later on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.